0: Alright guys, welcome to the Salute of Batters Church Youth Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Brandon, along with our co-host. Your boy, Britton. And we're so glad that you joined us this week as we recap um, our youth ministry at Salute of Batters Church. Today, we have two special guests. So, first we have Ava. Ava, say hello. Hey. And then we also have Lane. What's up? Hold up, I, I didn't do that right. We have the Laney-poo himself. No. <laughs> alright, no, no, no. alright. Lane, <laughs> Lane has been... Lane has been like a staple in the youth, my youth ministry here at Saluda Baptist Church, like since I got here. A staple, dude. You've been like, No,
1: you're the steak to the
2: potatoes, my guy. Dude,
0: you you, oh. you have been here through it all, man. Like, and I have proof.
2: Oh yeah, I remember. It. The no, proof. Not that picture. Yes, oh, the
0: picture. Like, oh. if if only this was videoed and not just audio. But this hey, you is. Can put, you could upload it on there. <laughs> th- this will be the thumbnail. For (laughs) the podcast this will be the picture of a young young. lane ashley no this is lane (laughs) do you remember the song
2: yes uh what was it i don't we were it was for the uh,
0: how great is our god i believe that was the one you did right yeah for that youth event yeah so lane plays guitar for our youth praise for our praise band not just the youth praise band (laughs) at the church and he started when you look like you were like eight in this picture but I know you're I old, think I'm was like there?
2: 12 You're at 13. least
0: you're at least sixth grade no way bro 13? Probably 13. Got gotcha. you all right so but we're anyway we're glad to have y'all with us so we're gonna jump into our first segment which is the scripture of the week so what book we've we been going through any of you guys know?
1: Nehemiah. The Bible. The
0: b- <laughs> this isn't Sunday school. This is the podcast. Little Bass Church podcast, not Sunday school. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, yeah, we're going through Nehemiah, and we're talking about being restored. Um, What does it mean to be restored, in y'all's opinion? Like, what are we talking about?
2: Virgil's truck. Virgil's
0: truck. I remember you put the picture
2: up every week.
0: Every week. Yeah, got to. Got to. But yeah, taking something that was old and messed up and making it new, making it into what it was. And so the book of Nehemiah is a book all about restoration. And what's really cool, I don't know if you guys know this, but in Nehemiah, there is a spiritual component to it. Like it's not just about building the wall, but there's like something that represents spiritually what happens in our own lives. Like Nehemiah represents the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives to kind of rebuild our soul rebuild our lives with God and so as we read through it we can see how God used Nehemiah and uses the Holy Spirit to restore us to God and so as we get to chapter 8 this is actually one of my favorite chapters in Nehemiah and so I want to read a couple verses I want to see if you guys can figure out why it's my favorite all right then y'all can do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I trust you. Britain, yeah. you, can, you can figure it out. All right. All right. So, Nehemiah 8, I'm only going to read. Let's see. I'll read the first three, four verses. I'll read the first four verses. All right. It says, All the people gathered together at the square in front of the water gate. They asked the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law Moses that the Lord had given, given Israel. And on the first day of the seventh month, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding. While he was facing the square, all who could listen with understanding, while he was facing the square of the water gate, he read out of it from daybreak until noon before the men, the women, and all those who could understand. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. And the scribe Ezra stood on a high wooden platform made for this purpose. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Why do you guys think this is my favorite chapter? No clue. <coughs> what do you think, Britton?
3: Um,
1: because it paints a backstory?
0: No. Come on, guys. Tell us, Brandon. Tell All right. <laughs> so he's standing on a high wooden platform. And he's Church. reading the law. the law, the law, or the word of God.
1: So he's preaching. He's pre- preaching. Da, da da.
0: We have a winner! Ding ding ding. We didn't do
1: the. We didn't do the Sunday school answer.
0: Yeah, the Sunday school answer would have been the correct answer. So this is essentially like one of the first times in the Bible where you kind of see what's described as like a pulpit. Or yeah. like a stage, right? Like whenever,
1: whenever you are first reading, it, I was like, "Well, it kind of sounds like he's on yeah. stage, just preaching." But it didn't. Edit. Yeah, you know that. That's. I was thinking of something yeah. else. I was like, "How? Why? Why would this be Brandon's favorite?" Because that didn't click. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's
0: essentially what he's doing. Like, sorry, bro, it's like he's preaching. So, what? What's really cool? It's like, in verse one, the people said, "Hey, bring us the book of the law." And so, what did Ezra do? He brought it. And so, like me, I really like to preach. I don't know if y'all know that on Wednesday nights kind of preach so preach it so yeah man like I I really I really like this chapter it it fires me up so what's so cool about reading through this whole chapter in Nehemiah 8 is you you see the people wanting to hear the word of God read but it isn't just hey we want to hear it they take it further and so in our own lives when we think about Spending time with God, being restored with God. One of the most important things that we should do is be reading our Bibles and be spending time with him. So before we actually get into the chapter a little bit more, what are some things that y'all do or some ways that y'all try to keep God's word a priority in your life? Like for them, they literally were standing around while one person read and it said for hours, right? They made it a priority. What are some ways y'all make the Bible, God's Word, a priority in your lives?
1: I'll let y'all go first.
3: Okay, so I have this Bible app on my phone, and it pops up every morning at 5 o'clock. I'm not up at 5 o'clock, but whenever I see it on my phone, I look at it. It's like the daily verse. I find that a good way to start my day.
2: Yours pops up at 5 o'clock? Yeah. Mine pops up at 11 at night. I think you can change it. You can Okay, oh, yeah. I didn't change that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can you can change it with the uh at right. uh, what
0: time it pops up. <laughs> okay. Who
2: <laughs> grows up at eleven o'clock at night? <laughs> hey, hey. I still go on there and look at it though. But
0: whatever time, man. Whatever time.
2: Gotta do what you gotta do.
0: Yeah. So is that kind of your same thing or
2: Yeah. And sometimes in school I like people will be like saying stuff they shouldn't say, you know. Cussing. mm, I'll be like Would you say that to God? Mm. Ooh, Jesus juking people in the hallway. I like it. I like it. Snatching kids' ankles. And they get mad at me and walk off, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That's just Satan.
0: Yeah, but but honestly, like, when we look at these first six verses, what the people are doing here, like, if you read through them, and we're not going to read all six, I know we read four, but they place God's word, like, as such a priority. Like, they ask for it to be read to them. They stand as it's being read. They they shout amen. They're they're worshiping because they they value it. And so for us as believers, and especially if you are a true Christian, like if you're following Jesus, you have that new relationship with God, you need to value hearing from him. Like, you know, y'all know how valuable it is to talk to each other. I mean, you don't know how many times I'm playing Fortnite with Brady. And he's complaining oh lame would we'll play but he's talking to ava you know you you, you <laughs> value communicating with each other right it should be the same with god and we hear from him through his word and so we should place that you know as the top priority in our lives it, it should be valuable to us and and we can see that as we read through these first couple of verses about how valuable the word of God was. And it was just read at this point. Like, like imagine, you know, instead of pastor Jeff preaching, instead of me preaching, or Pastor that, David or having that app, you know, all, all that happened on Sunday morning was Britain got up there and he read the Bible for an hour. And then he went and sat down. Like, could you imagine that? Do you think people would be happy or not? Bro, you could paraphrase you know? it. You could say whatever you want. They but, wouldn't even know. But but not. Nah, but th- that's what happened. Sure. Like, literally, he got up, and he just read from the wall. Like, he read. That was it. You know, and, and we're going to get into further. It, w- it was more than that. But the way it started was just the reading of the wall. Mm. And... I think that's how it should start in our lives first. Like we need to have that. Hey, we need the Bible, but what's so cool in verse seven, there's a list of names of all these Levites. And it says the Levites then explain the law to the people as they stood. So as Ezra was reading it, after he read it, the Levites then went and started explaining it. So imagine like on Wednesday nights, you know, our small groups, that's essentially what they did. Like, all right, Brandon just talked for an hour and you heard all this stuff. You probably have no idea what he's talking about. Now, you know, Paul or Britton or Miss Leanne can talk to you about it. and Maybe you can actually understand it. That's what they were doing.
1: I'm a Levite.
0: Right. <laughs> Basically. So, uh, but what I want us to get out of this is when we read the, the last couple of verses here through seven, really seven through nine, it talks about the law being explained. And so, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read through the Bible, it can just be confusing. Like, you're like, well, what did I just read? You know, I have no idea what this means. The names kill me. Yeah, I mean, that can be hard, but... I,
1: I had a teacher one time tell me, just, just make up names. If you can't pronounce <laughs> it, and then you talk about really getting confused.
0: Yeah, you know, but the names <laughs> can...
1: Either. No, I'm, not a math teacher. The, uh-huh.
0: the the names can matter, though, but it's like, how do you know that? like How do you know what matters? How do you know what doesn't matter? So the second big point is that we don't just need to value the Bible and reading the Bible, but we need to value, it, like, understanding it. Like, really applying it, understanding it for our own lives so we can actually know what it's saying. Not just, oh, yeah, my alarm went off at 5, let me read this verse, you know, but do you really understand what it means so how do you think we can go about understanding like what what are some tools that we can use
3: maybe you can take notes in the margins of your bible if you want to like debrief it more
0: yeah um, more about it. yeah i know a lot of people do that like they'll they'll actually write down like hey i don't understand this or you know write down your questions and send them to the salute of Baptist church youth podcast and we can help you out you know but Anyway,
2: <laughs> nice shameless plug. Pl- yeah. Nice plug. <laughs> I know in the Bible app, there's like a video explaining the verse. Yeah. Usually. Yeah, there, there's resources like that too.
0: Like, they, there are so many resources. Like, this shelf over here, and actually, I have one in front of me. These are books called commentaries. Like, they're literally like Bible studies. Like, they, this, this whole page is over like two verses, like, just explaining it telling you a little bit more about, you know, what happened, the history behind it, all that stuff. And and the point is, is like reading the Bible is the main thing, but you want to understand it. So sometimes you need other things to help you. You need those videos, Lane. You need to write down those questions and ask people that you trust to answer them. You need to consult other books and things But hey, I don't really understand why this list of names is in the Bible, Britton. Why is it important? Well, looking at even a devotional Bible or a study Bible, something like that, can help us understand. Because reading the Bible and understanding it leads to what we see happens next. And what we see is all the people start weeping. Like they they, they were weeping as they heard the law read. And as they were explained what the law meant they began to weep they began to cry they began to mourn why do you think they would be acting like that
2: maybe because they realized that there's some of the law that they hadn't been obeying
0: yeah i mean that's 100% what it was like they were they were they were being told the whole story like from the beginning up until now like of what god had done for them how they had (laughs) responded negatively to god turned away from him how God had led them into captivity and they were literally broken over their sin so they were mourning and when we truly prioritize reading God's word and we seek to understand it something's gonna happen in our lives called repentance and and that's what we're gonna see begin in chapter eight and really it kind of moves forward in chapters nine and ten but it starts when we get serious and we place God's word as the first thing in our life of knowing more about him knowing what he says about things and then we seek to understand it he's going to reveal those things to us that need to change and sometimes that brings sadness sometimes that brings you know crying weeping mourning but it always leads to something and what's so cool is how this chapter ends and There's a whole lot more verses, but I'm not going to read all of them. But in verse 9, it says, Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. And verse 10 says, Then he said to them, Go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, and send portions to those who have nothing prepared since today is holy to our lord and do not grieve because the joy of the lord is your strength what happens when we place god's word as a priority in our lives seek to understand it and then turn from the sin it reveals is god brings us joy like not just happiness like not just oh this thing happened oh lane brought me a flower i'm happy but like joy (laughs) sorry Ava but like joy that just transcends circumstances like
1: it's like a like a release
0: yeah well it, it's it's more my my joy isn't in happy like isn't in a situation a person a thing but my joy is in Jesus so it's it's just a part of me like it's something that can't be affected something that can't be taken away and what that verse says The joy of the Lord is your strength. Like think about all the people that don't have God, that don't have his word, that don't have that relationship with him. Their biggest strength can be found in sports, school activities, people, relationships. Like that's where their strength is. But for us as believers, our strength is the joy that we find in the Lord.
1: As soon as you take that person's strength away or whatever they identify in, you quickly see that they just crumble and fall to absolute pieces. That's right. Like, it's so news. The Another day without whatever. My yeah. car. The Kansas City Chiefs lost the Super Bowl. Ah.
3: Are you trying to predict the future? No, I'm just taking <laughs> shots
1: at Noah Berry because he's not here to defend himself. No. No, that's not right.
0: <laughs> so we talked about how You know, having that restored relationship with God. And we've seen in chapter eight of Nehemiah, like God's word needs to be a priority. Understanding it, we need to strive to understand God's word. We need to recognize those things that God wants us to change and repent of those things. But and then we also talked about joy, how we need to look for joy in the Lord, not in our circumstances. But there's one last thing that happens and we see it in verses 13 through 18. And basically they start this festival. And it's called the the Festival of Tents or Festival of Boobs. But what's cool about this is so they, they get the law read to them and they hear about, hey, God commanded you to do this thing. And so then they decided, hey, we need to do the thing that God commanded us to do. And immediately they go into having this festival. And so the festival of tents was like a period of time where they had to live in tents and they were celebrating and worshiping things that God had done for them in the past. And so when we read God's word, when we prioritize it when we seek to understand it, when we are revealed those things we need to change in our life, when we rest in the joy that comes from, from the Lord, we also need to obey him and we need to obey his word. And so those are all things that we see as we read through Nehemiah chapter eight. So, um, you guys have any questions about any of that? That was a fly through of Nehemiah 8. Alright. So Britton is gonna introduce our next segment. You ask, we answer. Alright, and the first
1: question we have is why doesn't God kill Satan?
0: Why doesn't God kill Satan? Alright, Lane, take it away. I'm just <laughs> but but no on a serious note what do you guys think like if, if someone asked you this question just like out like out the gate like hey why doesn't God kill Satan how would you respond like do you know what you would respond
2: uh, I don't exactly know what I would respond but maybe because God doesn't kill okay I've, I've I've heard some
0: people respond to this question that way you know yeah okay what do you think Ava I
3: have no idea
0: a- and and that's okay right part part of this segment is not just hey ask us questions that you don't know the answer to or like oh well you know blah 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 whatever and that means I don't believe this or I'm questioning this sometimes you just don't know how to respond to a question like you might, oh well You know, why does God let bad things happen to good people? You may not think that God does that, but you may not know how to respond when someone asks you. So that that's another reason to ask questions before we actually get into why doesn't God kill Satan. These types of questions like the why did God do this or why doesn't God do this? um, We need just to remember one thing. God doesn't always reveal everything to us. He hasn't told us everything about everything in here. And Romans 11:35 through 36. Um I want to read verse let's see 34. It says, "For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor?" We can't know everything that God is thinking. You know, w- we're not the counselor to God, like he doesn't tell us everything. But there are Things that we do know. So when thinking about this question, why doesn't God kill Satan? There are a few things that we know. First, we know that God has a plan for everything, including Satan. And two, we know that one day Satan will be judged. Uh, Revelation 20 verse 10 says, The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. So one day God's going to judge Satan. And it sounds pretty bad, (laughs) you know, um, this lake of fire and sulfur and being tormented for day and night forever. That doesn't sound good. So one day that's going to happen. But until then, we know that God is seeking to accomplish his divine purpose and his divine plan. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 23, Paul was actually talking about, or uh, not Paul, Peter was talking about Jesus being crucified and the men that killed him. And he said in Acts two twenty three, though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you use lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. See, th- this verse reminds us that men can do things, like even killing Jesus, like they physically did it, but it was all part of God's plan. And God has a plan for everything that happens. And, and so why doesn't God kill Satan? Because he has a plan that he wants to accomplish. There's a reason. There's a reason that he is allowing Satan to still exist. And that reason is because He's still up to something. God still has something that he's doing. He has some plan that he wishes to accomplish. And you know, if we take it a different way, right? If, if you look at Satan as who he is, he is uh, the, the king of the kingdom of hell, right? Satan is like the leader of the kingdom of hell. There's two kingdoms. You know, there's the kingdom of God. There's the kingdom of hell. If you are not a follower of Jesus, you're not in God's kingdom. Whose kingdom are you in? You're in Satan's kingdom, devil's kingdom. And so if God were to get rid of the leader of that kingdom, what would he do with all the followers of that kingdom? No. You know what happens when you fight against the kingdom? They don't automatically get freed, right? If, if two kingdoms clash, anyone fighting against you gets taken out. Mm-hmm. So... If basically essentially what you're asking is, hey, why doesn't God just kill Satan? You could flip that question like well, you could also be asking why doesn't God just kill you? If you're not a believer.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean another way how I look at it in Leiden's terms is without Satan, we can't have the fall and the the word just escaped me, but you can't have the the Help me out, Brandon. You can't you can't have redemption. <laughs> you can't you can't have you, redemption yeah. and to come back if you if, if he just took out all evil. Oh like what you said, it's gonna I mean you ninety nine point nine percent of the time you're gonna take out us anyway. You can't have that redemption story of coming back and coming full circle with without that. Yeah. That's how I look at it. It's it's almost a necessary evil.
0: in some you know. ways, yeah. You know, you, you look at even like last week we talked about the the tree right the the tree was there like that was a huge part of you know the redemption plan but essentially when you're like oh why doesn't god kill satan what are you really asking you're blaming satan for all the bad things that happen yep you're saying oh satan caused this bad thing and that bad thing and all the wars and all the whatever
1: and, and you're not trusting in god's plan but
0: romans 323 says for all have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. Ephesians two three says that we were by nature children under wrath. Like Lane, you don't need the devil on your shoulder to be like, oh, tell a lie. I promise you, Satan, he he can't be everywhere at once. He is not omnipresent. That that is God. God has that ability. Satan cannot be everywhere at once. So, Satan cannot be in here. Maybe he is. Get ma- out. Maybe he is. I rebuke you in the name but of Jesus. Get out of here, Satan. Ma- maybe. But he's not going to be in here and also in, you know, some other country causing starvation for little children. Like he, he can't he can't be doing both of those things like he's not. Now he has demons. You know, the demons are real. But we want to blame Satan for all of these problems, all these issues. But we don't want to blame ourselves. We don't want to blame our own wicked hearts, our own evil hearts. And mm-hmm. John 8:44. 44 Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the scribes, and he called them the children of Satan, that their father was Satan because they were lying on him. So Satan isn't the cause or the source of evil in this world. You know, if if we want God to remove evil or remove the devil, do we want really to remove all of it or just the things we don't like, like murder and that Ooh, bro,
1: that's a that's a good one. Right, like I didn't think about it like that. Just hey, yeah, remove the stuff I don't like. It, it, you oh. know my head just exploded.
0: So that's the biggest thing to this question, you know, when you think about why doesn't he just kill Satan? Because he has a plan. And that plan is redemption. And second Peter three nine, it says the Lord does not delay his promise as some understand delay, but is patient with you not wanting any to perish but all to come to repentance so we know we've read revelation 20 satan is going to get what he deserves he's going to be judged he's going to be punished as will everyone that does not turn to jesus but until then god isn't just delaying his promise but he wants us to repent he wants us to turn to him he wants that plan of redemption to take place. So that would be why I, how I would answer that question. Why, why doesn't God just kill Satan?
1: Does that make sense to y'all?
3: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Any other questions, Britton? Yes. uh
1: We have another question. How do we know the Bible hasn't been altered in any way?
0: Ooh. Okay, we getting so, real. Yeah, so this is a really good one. So um there how many books written in the Bible? Y'all know.
1: I'd have to look at the Bible app, but it's
3: 66.
0: 66 books in the Bible. Look what? at Ava. What? Bible scholar. All right. So um 66 books of the Bible, there's around 40 authors, okay? Some books are going to tell you, you know, a number in the 30s. Some might tell you a greater number. Um, So we can say around 40. I feel comfortable saying that. Um, The Old Testament books were probably written approximately 1400 BC to 400 BC. So that's about a thousand years. Then the New Testament was written from approximately 40 AD to 90 AD. All right. So that's a long period of time. Mm-hmm. a bunch of people that all went into writing this one book so but led by the Holy Spirit and God a- absolutely yeah directed by the Holy Spirit to pin down every word we, we believe that we believe that all scripture is breathed by God that all scripture um, as second Timothy 3:16 says all scripture well, is inspired by God so well, I mean I don't want to I don't want to cut
1: you off or throw you off but if if man over that period of time, and that many authors cannot string together a book like that. I I go ahead and challenge you to start a book and you have me finish it. It's going to be two different things. Right. So, so that that right there proves to me and confirms my belief that it's God the word. Yes. Yeah.
0: man can't do it on his own. That's right. I mean so ju- just the sheer like amount of time, like the number of authors, you know, that that's a lot to think about, but given all that too though you can see why some people may uh, okay, this is really true could it have been altered you know what's up
1: I almost I don't want no, to say it
0: okay, all good so so anyway, I could see why you may doubt this, right, so how do we know the Bible hasn't been altered in any way? I'll answer it in one word evidence. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, but all seriousness, I believe that there's evidence to prove that we can trust the Bible. Have any of you guys ever heard of a guy named Homer? Dude's not, by, not Homer Simpson. Dude's about to Sherlock Holmes right. this thing. But no, ha- have any of you guys heard of a guy named Homer? Isn't that an archaeologist? Uh, no, he's a like uh, stab in the dark. an amazing Greek poet. Okay, like he he lived seven or eight hundred years before Jesus. And he had two, like, very, very big writings, the Iliad and the Odyssey. You guys ever heard of that? Look them up. They're very, 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 very famous, okay? If you haven't read them in English, I'm sure you guys will read excerpts from them, I'm sure. But these are two huge writings, like, in history, like, not just literature, but they're just – huge he's just a huge historic figure because of his writings and before his writings were written down uh, they were presumed to be passed down orally and then as people heard them they then wrote them down so these two pieces of literature are taught in universities and colleges and high schools they are taught from um, you know students do papers on them like they're they're just well-known and well-respected and well-trusted, okay? And they were written like hundreds of years before Jesus. So they're just as old, actually older than most of the Bible. And these two works have thousands of things called manuscripts, okay? So what a manuscript is... It's a copy, not the original, because the original Iliad or the original Odyssey doesn't exist anymore. But it's a copy of the original. And it can either be the whole thing or it can be a part of it. In in its original language. Okay? And that's called a manuscript. All right. I know this sounds boring, but wasn't didn't
1: they find manuscripts somewhere in the Middle East not too long ago that that proved historically events that happen in the Bible. Is that where you're going?
0: Uh, no, but yes. Oh, boom. I didn't, I didn't ruin it. So there are, the Iliad has a thousand manuscripts alone. So a thousand copies in its original language of either the whole piece of the Iliad or parts of it. Okay. And what translators do is they take these manuscripts and they read through them. They compare them They compare the copies of, like, the same section. They compare them to make sure there's no inconsistencies. And then they use that, and they translate it into modern language. Okay? So all historic documents are treated that way.
1: That's a lot of work.
0: So before I answer our question, which our question is how do we know the Bible hasn't been altered, do you think people doubt or question this work of literature? The Bible? No, the Iliad, the one I just said. There's a thousand manuscripts, a thousand copies. Do you think anyone doubts that? Do you hear people like popping up on Facebook or YouTube like, "Is the Iliad reliable?" It really Bro, I'm gonna be 100 like, percent honest. I never even okay, heard no, Iliad no, no, that, until That's just cool. Now. That, that's cool, but you don't. You you haven't heard about it. All yeah. right, that that's all I'm saying. People don't question that. The New Testament has over 5,000 manuscripts in Greek. That's 5,000 copies of either a piece or the whole of the New Testament. That's more than any other ancient document or classical author, all right? And so when you go through all those manuscripts, there's 1% discrepancy. That means 99% of all those copies agree with each other. There's 1% that doesn't. And the percent that doesn't, words could be flip-flopped. So instead of saying the Lord Jesus Christ, they might say, might say uh, Christ Jesus the, the Lord. Lord, yeah, something like that, or uh, one word might be missing or some grammar issues, right?
1: God, right there.
0: So I think one looking at the manuscript and the process of getting a translation. And looking at the amount of source documents that we have for the Bible and looking at the percentage of errors between those, which I wouldn't even call them errors, discrepancies, right? Like, oh, I'm missing a the here because someone was copying it and they forgot to write (laughs) the right? That's not really an error. But that alone is compelling that we should trust that the Bible is accurate, right? And then two... Think about how easy we can translate things now.
1: Oh, dude, Google Translate all yeah. the time.
0: Like, you can literally pull up an app on your phone, and you can pull up the Bible in Greek or Hebrew, and you can look up what the word was and what it means. And then you could be like, okay, so if you hear a pastor or someone saying, oh, this word means this, like, there's apps. You can literally pull it up, and I do this sometimes. See, oh, yeah, what does this word actually mean? That's a good way to understand the Bible a little bit more. So the fact that we can do all this now, and we we can translate so much easier than it used to be, and we have all of these manuscripts, all of these resources, I think, I think we can pretty much see that we can trust that the Bible hasn't been altered.
1: Oh, dude, hundred
0: percent. Take take that. So. <laughs> and there's no evidence that the bible has been altered. There's no evidence that the bible's been revised. There's no evidence that the bible's been changed. I have six different translations of the bible on my on my bookshelf right behind me. All of them agree on the main theological things. All of them say the same thing. Like all these different translators that looked at the same manuscripts, the same things. So We can trust that it hasn't been altered. And now with all the things that we have, all the resources that we have, we can basically catch people if they try to do that, if they try to alter it. So I think we can trust the Bible. Can we know that the Bible hasn't been altered? Yes, absolutely. Um, We can know that it hasn't been altered. We can trust it. And then on a spiritual side, and, and I'll end with this, I don't know if Britain has any more questions, but Matthew 5, 18 says for truly, I tell you until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. So getting away from like the history side of it, right? The manuscripts, all that. Even God, Jesus said this, he promised his word will be protected. So we can trust that God's going to protect His word. So, Britain, you got any more questions for me? Um, because I got I got two more. Oh, you got two more? I got two more that came in this morning. You know, and <laughs> I haven't looked at them yet. But <laughs> so let, let's let's pull these up. <laughs> one of them, um, he to read. <laughs> you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you just got to answer them. So the answer them. So the first one: Why is Britain so cool? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. You want me to answer it? I mean. Great question. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> it's because um, he plays the bass. That's what it is, and he's Sadie's dad. There we go. Um, why do you look like a mix between Twilight and Mr. Beast?
3: <laughs> oh, they were talking about you, Brandon?
0: Yeah, I plead the fifth on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wonder I wonder who asked that, man.
0: I, I wonder who asked that. I wonder who asked are that. Are
3: the questions anonymous?
0: Some of them are. This one was by Anonymous Anonymous. Uh, okay. <laughs>
3: anonymous Anonymous.
2: They really wanted to be anonymous. Full
1: full disclosure, it was me. Oh, I know. That's the (laughs) only reason. I knew you knew. I was like, I'm just going to ask something off the wall just to see if it even makes it. I was like, it ain't going to make it. All right. It did. So I think we
0: have one final segment. Britton, lead us into it. All right. You know them. We love them. We got the
1: guest interview. We got Lane and Ava.
0: I almost forgot your name.
1: About did, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Like as soon as I wanted to go say it, I was like, it escaped me. Cause you know I'm, so, you know I know that you're Lane's girlfriend, and you come to church, you have blonde hair, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, so tell tell me about yourself.
3: About myself. Yeah. Okay. Um.
1: <laughs> Is this she's part like, of uh, the what?
3: Yeah, this oh, is this okay, okay, is this okay. is
1: we ain't stopped. This is part of it.
3: Okay. So um I moved to Saluda Schools in um ninth grade. And I immediately fell in love with Lane. In
1: oh oh love, gosh. whoa.
3: <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. No I'm not <laughs>
1: <laughs> That was the sound of both my ankles snapping.
3: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, look at Lane. He's just a total package. He plays sports, He's instruments, athletic.
0: He's funny. Oh goodness, this is not love connection, Britain. All right, but now, all right. So, <laughs> in a more, <laughs> in a more, not really more serious, but so Ava, you've been attending Suda Baptist for what a little over a year, maybe. I don't
1: know. Maybe? That's right. It's close. close. I think it might be like year? eight months, maybe.
3: Yeah, maybe eight months.
1: Maybe eight months. Yeah. See, it seems like like five years. Lane, how long have y'all been dating? months. almost ten months. <laughs> Look at that, dude. <laughs> <I> knew <laughs> he, that. he knew it. Mm-hmm. He knew it.
0: <laughs> I was trying to give you, you know, give you some hints there, but help you out. But, you know. I
3: knew that. hmm
0: <laughs> So, <laughs> so, Ava, what is, what's something that you enjoy or like most about being a part of the youth group here?
3: Um. in my last church we didn't have that many youth so it gives me a better opportunity for fellowship with people my age and just learning on their perspective because it's more like mine than someone who's 40 years yeah. old or 50 years
0: old Yeah, de- definitely having that group of your peers is important yeah. so Lane, what you got Lane was born into this church so yeah. you know he's been here life forever.
2: member <laughs> <laughs> but w- w- what do y- what do you enjoy or like most all right so something i have enjoyed is how much we've grown because i remember when like if our youth group first started it was like me and like four other people it wasn't a lot but now we have like a lot yeah like D- 20 30
1: I remember back when the youth room used to be separate and it was it was legitimately the same four you had wednesday night or five was the same amount you had sunday morning and it seems like it was so far ago but man that's not even been what three
0: years maybe if even that yeah we've we've grown a lot in in a short amount of time and some of us have actually grown yes (laughs) like i i I can't this picture is going up i'm sorry lane I'll, i'll ask your mom if i have to but like I just can't. <laughs> this is this is an epic picture, but um,
2: I look I look scared in that picture. A little bit.
0: <laughs> it's actually so you know if you're listening to this and we didn't get to put it up as a thumbnail, it's on the Instagram page, Luta Baptist Youth. So you know, it's forever there. So I bet I'm
1: about to go I'm about to go stalk it now. <laughs> didn't even um, know it was there.
0: So, you know, as we're recording this, it's. The day of the Super Bowl, so we got that going on the Super Bowl party a little bit later on tonight. But um thinking about some of our other activities. What what are some things that y'all like like activity wise that we do?
2: Mm. I like going to winter jam. That's pretty fun. Okay. Um That's it. So all right, Lane's got winter jam. Hold on, I'm thinking I was thinking of more. I'll let her go. Well,
0: I think.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've never been to anything like Mission Serve before, but when I did, it just, it felt eye-opening that I was working for God and feeling His presence more when I was there. I think it was just the singing and being with a bunch of other kids my age yeah. that also was trying to, like, follow Jesus.
0: Yeah, so m- Mission Serve, you know, that is our annual mission trip we we go through mission Serve. that's an organization shout out to you guys they do an awesome job uh they they actually coordinate all of the job sites you know whether it's a roofing project or painting or whatever um yard cleanup i don't know what job y'all are doing we we did a lot of yard cleanup last year but um it's just a time where we go into a city get to help out the people in that the area and also have incredible you know nights of worship and good preaching and and just be able to fellowship, like you said, just with other people that that are even your age. Or um, so it's just a really good time to to serve and grow.
1: So you're being fed and help feeding. I like that. Yeah. I, I haven't went. Hopefully this year works out and I can go. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it.
3: Bring Sadie.
1: <laughs> if I bring a baby to the, I'm th- joking. I'm brain. not gonna do no work. Like I'm gonna have to carry her around. She and can
3: stay in our room.
1: I, you say that. <laughs>
2: She's only now just starting where she'll sleep for three hours. <laughs>
3: All
2: yeah. right, Lane, what you got? Well, I like that and serve Saluda because it's like the same exact thing, but places I know. Yeah,
0: it's it's here. You know. Yeah.
2: Um, shout
0: out, Serve Saluda. Yeah, get to get to do do mission in, in our hometown. So that's always, yeah, you know, that's very important. You know, and even looking at what Jesus commands us to do, like he, he tells us to start in our hometown and then move out. So that. We, ch- we try to do that.
2: So anything else? And when we do those things, I enjoy talking to, like, the people, like, house for fixing and yeah. stuff. Because they're always really nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, the homeowners, that's that's one of the best parts <laughs> is just being able to meet them and, um, you know, get to know them throughout the week. And, and you honestly don't want to leave them. Right. Um, so that, that's really cool. But So according to Lane and Ava, we can cut out every other activity we do but no more no but more look yeah, up lodges We just do <laughs> winter jam mission serve and and, Saras Saras Saluda, Luda. and that's it so. no no
1: Christmas party no Halloween party I mean, we didn't
3: say that this is just our <laughs> favorite <laughs> yeah
1: you know. hey, I like yeah, about, kids camp too I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, but there's a lot of stuff yeah. we can cut out. <laughs> I
0: know yeah I, I'm gonna have a lot more free time I, I will definitely enjoy that did your, your Junes won't be hectic. <laughs> All right, so, Britton, you got any final questions to embarrass Lane or Ava? <sighs> hmm. No. Um.
3: We can take it. Because
0: <laughs> I got one. I got one.
3: I'll, I'll let
1: you go, and I'll see if it, if it sparks anything. All right, so, anything. so this
0: is not for Lane. This is specifically for Ava. Uh-oh. And so I've been curious ever since FCA um, the last time. So – the verses, like the note, car- the index cards or whatever. Y'all had all the verses? Oh. Explain, like, what that's all about, because I just thought that was cool. Are you
3: talking about the ones that we made and put them in the hallways? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, talk about that. So, my friend Morgan, um, she started making them first, and we also did the prayer mirror where you can put little prayers on the mirrors in the girls' bathroom, and um, she came up with that idea. I just kind of helped her along the way. And we've been bringing note cards to class right before English class, and we did this last semester in journalism too. But we would c- decorate these verses that we thought people our age might need to hear, hmm. and maybe it'll inspire them to open up their Bible or just pray a little prayer. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. And so th- these note cards, these verses, like they don't just like write the verse on there, but they they're very like colorful and inviting like you they catch your eye like that that's how it caught my eye they, like pulled them out and i was like oh what's this?"
1: Yeah. i so kind of want to walk through the schools to salute them out yeah, that's that's <laughs> really <laughs> that's cool see the hallways now that's awesome man that's awesome yeah. i wish something like that would happen when i was at school because we didn't we didn't have nothing like that that's yeah. awesome though keep it up
0: yeah, that's a cool way for for you to you know step up and own your faith and share your faith challenge your to all campus. the other
1: listeners y'all y'all step up too
0: because yeah. you know <laughs> you think about like youth pastors um like oh yeah youth pastors need to be in the schools and stuff right and, you know I, I try to go up there and hang out with y'all when i can but the the best youth pastor to minister at your school is you because you're there every single day boom so i mean it, yeah i could come in and try to do something but you're there day in and day out you're going to be able to reach the kids in your school a hundred times better than i ever could and so it's cool that you know you guys are owning your faith and and, uh, you know, even Lane, you're know, you talking about just challenging people. You know, like, hey, would you say that in front of God? Like, a lot of people won't do that, you know?
1: Dude, that's that's some Nehemiah um, stuff right there.
0: So, yeah, so I, and he did that. So he, he challenged them. So that, that's cool. I want to um, be like Lane
1: when I grow up. What? <laughs> yeah, just no, like Lane. Bro, I didn't, like, and I ain't going to lie, when I was in high school, probably for the first bit, or maybe middle school, you know, I was on, on mission, on point. And then when I kind of hit high school, I was like, a, I'm going to do my own thing. So I really wasn't trying to push people f- to God or help people, but it was kind of like I just I just did my own thing. And I wish if I could go back in time, I'd, I'd have changed it and kind of do what you're doing because, I mean, there ain't no telling how many lives I could have positively impacted and turned around. But that's awesome, dude. Just keep
0: it up. All right. <clears throat> so do y'all have anything y'all would like to say before we jump off of our second ever episode of the Salute Show
2: Shirtshead Podcast. Woop. I don't think so.
3: I'm thankful that Brandon um has let me be on this podcast. <laughs> Let's
0: <Yeah>. go. <laughs> me too. All right. So uh we gotta go. Um I, I got some appetizers to make for our Super Bowl festivities. But oh, um yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna pray for us and then we'll we'll jump off here. Let's pray. Uh, God, I just thank you so much for how much you love us and how good you are to us. And I just thank you for this time. thank you for Lane and for Ava and um, just for being able to hang out with them for a little bit. And I just pray that you will uh, bless this time, that you'll use it maybe just to, to help someone, encourage someone. Uh, maybe something that was said will will uh, speak into something that they're going through or something that they need to hear. And uh, we just love you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Hey, youth, don't forget, new episodes drop every Thursday morning. And if you have any questions or anything, uh, please reach out to me or Pastor Brandon if you want to be on future episodes. God bless.